Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. One of the things that energizes our teams the most is being able to hear stories of lives that are impacted by this ministry. We would love for you to share your story with us by emailing it to stories at newcommunity.co or maybe your next step to getting connected to what God is doing in this ministry is partnering with us financially. You can do that online at www.newcommunity.co or through the PushPay app and find the giving option that works best for you. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, church. It's good to see each and every one of you here this morning. And I am so excited about this Sunday morning, not just because the Cowboys are playing again today, okay? But because this morning we're going to be sharing the vision that God is leading our church towards um, over the next number or over the next few months and um, over this next year, where God is taking us. And so this message that I'm about to preach this morning and share with you, um, it didn't just happen this week, but God has been stirring it in our hearts, in talks with um, our board and our leadership teams and the staff, this message that we're sharing. I feel like this is a message for God and the direction that he wants to take our church in. And so I'm so excited that you're here. Um, If you're a guest this morning, and maybe it's your first time and you're saying, hey, I'm just checking out. Um, NCC, this is the first time that I've been here. Let me start by introducing myself. My name is Aaron, and I am the lead pastor here at NCC, and we're excited that you're joining with us. We're going to be talking about the direction that God is taking our church in and um, and where he's going to allow us to head um, towards over the next little bit, and so um, it's going to be a great message today. You know, Sarah and I, we've been the pastors here for over two and a half years here at NCC, and it's been great. Just being here the the past number of years and what God's already done in the church, what I believe God wants to do in the church. And even as I was getting ready for this message this week, I was thinking about over two and a half years ago and sitting in our house in Red Oak and Pastor Chris, the the person, um, the Pastor Chris and Kara that were the pastors here at NCC before us, they called us and said, hey, we feel like this may be a God thing. We want you to pray about coming to Mesquite. We feel like you guys would be Um, a great fit for the church as they were getting ready to transition. We were talking with some other pastors. And so we did a lot of research. We started um, finding out about like the history of the church and and just what Mesquite was like and the surrounding areas, what Rockwall was like and Vault Springs and all of these surrounding areas. And then over the past two and a half years, we've sat down with you guys. We've had dinner with many of you or um, invited you over to our house and we've talked with you and we've heard a number of stories of what God's done in your life and and past hurts and how God saved you and God's redemption or how God's gifted you in different ways. And so we've seen a lot of the stories of what God's been doing. So I want to start this message just, just by sharing some stories with you. About a year and a half ago, we did a spiritual survey where we found out more what's the story of NCC and and what's God doing and, and, and kind of where is God taking us. And so I want to share with you a few of these stories. And the first story I wish I could tell you was just a single incident, but I've heard this story a number of times being here at New Community Church. And it's the story of a young couple that maybe has recently been married. They have a couple of young kids, and so they know we want our kids to be raised in church. And so they come. They come to a place like NCC. They, they walk in the doors. They sit somewhere in the back because they're new, and they don't want to sit up front and attract a lot of attention. And at the end of service, they'll go to the Connect Center, and they'll, they'll stop by, and they'll say, man, for the first time in a long time, or maybe the first time for Forever, I understand what the Bible says. Felt like God was speaking to me this morning. 
This place is different than other churches or other places that I've been. I really want to connect. And so as a young couple, they continue to come back. They love what we do for the kids. But the truth is that their walk with Christ and their engagement with the church and with God is just a Sunday morning thing. So they come in here. They sit right next to you every Sunday morning. They shake your hands during connect time. But really, there's past issues and there's past troubles in their life. And so when things begin to happen, when the storms of life start to wreck them, when things get stressful at work, when their relationship isn't what they think it should be, I get an email, Sarah gets a phone call, and they say, hey, we think we're done. We're done with church. We're done with God. This thing didn't work out. They never talked with scripture with anyone else. They never went to groups like we've talked about. They've never done any of that. Their walk with Christ was this right here, a Sunday morning sitting in a seat engaging with scripture. And so they're saying, hey, our marriage is over. It doesn't seem to be working. We've given Jesus a try. And so they take off a ring, drop it in a box, and that's where Jesus and their marriage and their walk with Christ goes. It's just put away. And we've heard this story not once, not twice, but over and over and over again here at NCC. There's another story, a a similar story, a family, maybe their kids are a little bit older, and they come to New Community Church, and they love the church. It's not like their other church. It's not like other places that they've been to. This church is different, and they love how we're out in the community, and we're serving, and they say, man, we're here with you guys. They love Aftermath and Wired and Extreme Bowl, everything we do for students, VBS and The Hunt and Kids Summer Camp, all of these things that we do, how the back-to-school fair, they're saying, man, we love New Community Church. We love the worship. When that bald guy leads us in the songs, it just feels different. And it's so exciting. We want to be here every Sunday. We love this place. And the sad truth that we found out over the past two and a half years is we're developing people who are more in love with NCC than they are with Jesus. We're creating people that are passionate about reaching out in their community, but aren't as strong in developing their relationship with God. So they love the church, they want to be here, but when it comes to their own personal practices, their own time with Jesus, not so much, you guys. And it's not just stories in our church, it's stories outside of our church, because the reality is that just a few days ago on Friday, there was a high school student, there was an elementary student who walked through the cafeteria line just like everyone else did. But when they picked up that tray, their reality is very different than almost all the other kids in that line. Because as they looked down at that burger and fries or whatever they served, they realized this is probably all they're going to eat until Monday morning. See, church, whenever they go home and they open the refrigerator or they open the cabinet and they realize that mom or dad is working two jobs and they're probably not going to be around that weekend, all as they see is a few crackers, a bag of chips, And they're hoping that it's enough to get them back until Monday morning when they walk back in the cafeteria and they get the food that the school gives them. And we've got kids starting kindergarten right here in Mesquite and in the surrounding area who are already set up for failure. Because the reality is that they're being raised by a grandparent or by someone else who's just too busy to invest in their life. So no one's going to sit down with them and read a book. No one's going to sit down with them and help them with their homework. 
And this is the story that we've heard over and over again. I just had a pastor approach me this week and say, man, I've got coaches from the schools coming and saying, can we just get some men to go into the schools and mentor the high school students, mentor these football students? Can we get some churches to come alongside and feed these students? They don't even have enough food to go play the football game. They don't have that kind of energy. We're failing our students. But it's not just stories of desperate need like this. It's that person in your workplace who's going through a divorce and they're wondering, God, are you anywhere in this equation? It's that family member who just got some report. And they're wondering, man, is God anywhere? See, it's not just the physical needs. It's the spiritual and emotional needs that are present right here in our community. Students that are there in your classroom. Kids that don't see a reason to continue to live. They're all around us. Story after story. I want to share one more story with you before we jump into the message this morning, and it's the story of this guy right here. Yes, I did raid Sophie's dollhouse to get this right here, okay, if you guys can see this guy right here. And this is the story of so many of us that we do love NCC, and this is our church home. If someone asks us, we say, man, we're a part of this, but the reality is that our church home, we only come here about once every five or six weeks. See, a few decades ago, the normal churchgoer would be in church probably three or four times a month, but that's not the truth today. And this story says, how do we disciple people? How do you use the gifts and the talents that you have in your life when we're only here once, once a month, a couple of times every other month? How are other people growing and being encouraged by your faith when we're not present here? And God's saying, there's so much I want to do in my church. There's so much that I want to happen. It's just that the church is missing so much. We're missing out on so much. In church, I see story after story after story. And I want you to know my heart breaks as a pastor. And I'm believing this, that we are made for more. That there's so much more that God wants to do in our lives, in your families, in our community, in the surrounding area. The question is, are we going to jump in and be a part of what God is doing? Or are we just going to sit back and continue to live as we've always lived? See, if you're an adult, you're a young person in this room, I truly believe this, that God has given you this call. God has given you this command to steward the church of Jesus. And the challenge is, is we have to hand it off in a better condition than we found it. You're called. You may think, no, that's the pastor's job. That's some leader's job. That's someone else's job. No, each and every one of you, you are called to steward the church of Jesus Christ. He's looking at you and saying, how are you going to set it up for the next generation? Are you going to give them these stories? Are these the stories that you're going to hand off to people that are coming after you? Or what kind of life, what kind of legacy are you going to live for those that God has placed that are going to be coming after you the next generation? And so I want us to look at this this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 3, and we're going to start reading at verse 20. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. There's a Bible in the seat in front of you. And so I want to encourage you, reach down at maybe one seat over and pull that out. And you can turn to page um, 568 in that Bible, and you can follow along with us as we look at this challenge that Paul gives to the church there in Ephesus. And while you're turning there, once you have Ephesians 3.20, or if you have it on your smartphone, just hold it there for just a quick moment, because I want to share with you what's taking place in this book. 
Paul, the person that wrote this book, has an amazing story of transformation. He spent much of his adult life pursuing the church, imprisoning Christians, imprisoning people that were a part of the church, and even killing them. And then he has this radical transformation. This guy that wrote most of the New Testament after the death and resurrection of Jesus, he started off not as a Christian, not as a follower of God, but as someone who opposed this. And God does something radical in his life. And so then he begins to travel from city to city. And he comes to the city of Ephesus and he begins to share the gospel. And he is violently opposed. There's opposition in the town. But he doesn't stop sharing what God has done. The transformation that's happened in his life. And then he travels on and he goes to different places. But he can't get Ephesus out of his mind. And God speaks to him and says, Paul, there's something I want you to share with the church there. There's something I want you to share with the believers there. And so Paul writes this letter to the church in Ephesus. And there's something you need to know about the city of Ephesus. It wasn't just like every other town. It was one of the largest cities in that area, over 3,000 people. It housed one of the ancient seven wonders of the world, the the statue and this temple to the goddess Diana. So there was all of this pagan worship, all of this cultural worship that was there in that city. All of the trade that would go from Africa and the Middle East into Southern Europe, all of it came through Ephesus. It was a center of influence, and there's this small church there. And Paul writes to this church, and he says, hey, God has a message for you. And he starts in verse 14 before where we're going to pick up, and he starts saying, hey, Ephesus, I've been praying for you. I've been praying for you, church Christians. I've been praying for you that God would do something in your life, that your faith would be tested. Not that everything would be easy, but that your faith would grow in God. And even in the midst of a culture that's opposing you, that you would know the love of God while other people are in opposition against you, that the love of God would just come flooding into your life. He says this, that your knowledge of who Jesus is, your knowledge of the word of God, that it would grow in your life, that you would be filled to the fullness of who God is. And then he says this in Ephesians chapter 20, or ch- chapter 3, verse 20, he says this, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. If you have your Bibles, whatever Bible you have, just underline that word more right there because we're going to focus in on that. Far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. What's Paul saying? He's saying, you know what, church? You're walking through the marketplace and you're walking through the shadow of this giant statue. And you realize every day it's overwhelming that you're in a culture and you're in a place that does not believe what you believe. It's opposed to the message of Christ. Every day you're walking in this place of extreme influence and you're just this small church and you're probably thinking, what can God do? How can we influence over 300,000 people? How can we influence one of the pivotal cities in the ancient world? How can we do this? And he's saying, I'm praying for you, church. I'm praying for you. Whatever you're thinking, whatever you're asking, I want you to know God can do more. God can do more. I picture Paul, he's pacing back and forth as he's writing this letter and as someone's scribbling down all the words that he's saying and they're rushing through this, he's saying, man, my prayers are with you. Let your faith increase, but know this, that while you're going into the marketplace, while you're going into the school, wherever you're at, that whatever it is that you're asking or thinking, that God can do more in your life. More, church. 
And those words are echoing throughout the centuries, and I believe they're the same words that God is speaking over our church. He has more for us, more than these stories that we've talked about, more than the way that we've been living, more, more than you could ask, more than you could think, more than you could imagine. Whatever it is that you're asking God to do in your life, just multiply that because he said, I can do abundantly more, more than whatever it is that you're imagining, more than whatever it is that you're facing in your body. He says, I can do more. And church, I truly believe that for us. You were made for more. You were made for more than just the busyness and the mundane. You were made for more than just the routine of life. What you do day in and day out, there is more that God has for you. And church, that's our prayer. That's what I've been praying these last few months as I've been asking God, what's the vision that you have for us? God, where are you leading us? Where are you directing us as a church? And I've been praying over you. I've been calling you out by name, saying, God, help us to realize that we have been made for more. But this isn't just a message for you. This is a message for me. It's a message for each and every one of us. Are we going to step into the more that God has for our life? Or are we going to be comfortable with these kinds of stories as a church? Are we going to be comfortable and okay with just kind of going through the routine week in, week out, just showing up here on a Sunday? Or are we saying, God, you have more for us. You've made us for more. And so there's some things that we're going to focus in on and declare over the next year. And If you're taking notes, I want to encourage you to take notes. You can grab that sermon note card in front of you or on your smartphone. You can write these things down because there are some things that we're declaring that God is going to do in our church as we step into the more that God has for us. As we step into the new place that God is leading us that are going to shape our life and are going to change these kinds of stories of broken marriages, of a city that needs to be transformed, of a disengaged church, there is something God is calling us into. And so we as a church, we're going to step into this. And the first thing that we're declaring, the first thing that we're focusing in on is this right here, is scripture is going to shape my life. Scripture is going to shape my life. This may be a little bit weird, but turn to the, next, the person next to you and just say that to them, okay? You just need to declare that. Scripture is going to shape my life. What do I mean by that? We're done with engaging with the Bible just once a week. We're not going to do that, church. We're done with the only time that you pick up the Word of God is when I say, hey, reach in front of you and grab that Bible out of the seat and turn to page 568 or whatever it is for that week. We're, we're done with that. We are now declaring that scripture is going to shape my life. Day in and day out, I am going to engage with the word of God. What we have discovered through all of the research, through all of the study that we have done, is that scripture is the number one catalyst for growth. It's the number one catalyst for spiritual growth. If you hear someone say, well, I'm just stuck. I don't know where to go next. I can almost guarantee you they have stopped engaging with God's word on a daily basis. Scripture is going to shape my life. I truly believe that. That's the kind of church that we need to become. We look in God's word and he challenges us with this idea. Second Timothy chapter 3, 16. You can write these down and look at them later in the week. All scripture is breathed out by God. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in all righteousness. Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world. Don't just think like the culture around you. Don't just think like everyone else, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may test and discern what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What's he saying? Every day you open up God's word. 
Every day you're opening up scripture and it's changing you. It's making you a different person. You're not thinking like everyone else because God's word is shaping your life as you open it up every single day. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God. You want to know how your faith is going to grow? You open up God's word. You want to know what's going to get you through that temptation, through that addiction, through that struggle, through that trial. You want to know what it is? You open up the word of God every single day and you allow God speak to me, change me today because scripture is going to shape my life. This is the church that we're going to become. And so what are we doing on September 25th? After we spend a few weeks talking about this vision, we're going to begin to walk through the Bible for an entire year together. We're not going to cover every passage, but every Sunday, we're going to start in Genesis, and a year later, we're going to end up in Revelation, and we're going to talk about God's Word together. On September 25th, each and every one of us, okay, hold up that smartphone and just look at your reflection in your face and say, that's me, okay? We're going to read God's Word together every single day. Okay? We're going to read God's word together. You're going to be reading the same passages that other people in this church are. And we're going to start at Genesis and we're going to end in Revelation a year from now. And we're going to read God's word together. We're going to allow it to change us. Groups are going to become the number one way that we're discipling each other. That we're growing together. And these groups, every single group. Men's groups, ladies groups, young groups, kids groups, adult groups, student groups, all of us are going to be focused in on the same passages, the same questions. So when you go home with your kids and you say, what'd you talk about upstairs on a Sunday morning? You're going to say, you know what? That's exactly what we talked about. You're going to open up dialogue. You're going to meet with each other in different places, in different homes up here at the church, and you're going to open up God's word and allow it to change you. This isn't just for us, as I said. Starting this Sunday, we have a hundred of these upstairs. And every kid, when they're upstairs, when they're learning the lesson of God, when they're talking about being made for more, Jenna, Pastor Jenna is saying, hey, open up God's word. Turn right here in the Bible. Because we're teaching our kids, you guys. It's not just something you do when you get older. You start at a very young age and you open up the word of God and it changes you, it shapes you, it molds you into the person that God wants you to be. This is gonna go on throughout our whole church for an entire year. We are gonna walk through the Bible together and we're gonna allow it to shape us and change us. Why? Because we're no longer just gonna engage on a Sunday morning. This isn't our story anymore, church. We are becoming a, a church, believers who are shaped by God's word. And so what are we asking you to do? Pray, God, do I need to lead or join a group? Those are your two options. Do I lead or do I join a group? You don't have a third option, okay? That's your option. Do I lead or do I join a group? And then be here on Sundays, be involved in groups, join the reading plan on September 25th when we start to walk through God's word together and when we start to engage with scripture and allow it to change us. The second thing is this that we're declaring. My growth is my responsibility. My growth is my responsibility. Okay? How many of you have ever been on a few dates and you realized it was one date too many? And you pick up that phone and you say, it's not you, it's me, right? It's not you, it's me. That's this idea right here. It's not you. I'm not just waiting for everyone else. I'm no longer saying, well, the worship song didn't make me get goosebumps this week, so I guess I can't grow in my relationship with God. Pastor Aaron, his message, really, I didn't feel like it applied to me, so I can't grow this week. My group leader, whoever's leading that group that I go to, they're not really talking to me. They weren't as friendly. No, my growth is my responsibility. I'm going to grow, church. I'm going to grow, and we're all going to do this together, but I'm going to know this. How am I taking my next step to grow? 
These questions are going to be up here for a year. And every week I want you to look at them. How are you growing? How is God causing you to grow? My growth is my responsibility. And so I'm saying, God, I'm not waiting for some outside source. I'm not waiting for something else. God, I choose to grow. And next week we're going to spend the entire message focused on this vision right here that my growth is my responsibility and talking about what are those next steps that each and every one of us need to take. And so I'm going to challenge you more of what we're asking you to do next week. The third thing is this right here. I'm going to change the world, and it starts here. I'm going to change the world, and it starts here. You may be sitting there thinking, I can't change the world. I'm not that important of a person. Now to him who is able, church, to do more abundantly than you could ask or think. I want that to get inside of you. I can't change the world, Aaron. No, to him who is able to do more abundantly, more. He has more for you. And it starts right here. It starts right here in this place that you would say, God, in my life, show me every single day how you're calling me to be an agent of change. Matthew 5, 14 talks about this. You are the light of the world, church. You are the light of the world. And you don't take a light and you don't put it under a bowl, but no, you put it on a stand so that it lights the room and everyone in the room has light. And so therefore, let people see your good works and let them glorify your Father in heaven. This is what the scripture talks to us about. Ephesians 2.10 says this, you are God's workmanship created for good works in Christ. Jesus is shaping your life. He's crafting you wherever you're at. He's shaping your life so that other people could see your good works, your kindness, your compassion, your love. And they're going to say, wait, I know God is real because I see it in your life. Matthew chapter 25 says this right here in verse 31. Jesus is talking to the group of people and he said, at the end of all time, you're going to stand before God and he's going to look at you and he's going to say this, I was hungry, I was naked, I was thirsty, I was in prison, I was sick. And you fed me, you took me in, you came and visited me. He provided for my needs. And we're going to stand there and say, Jesus, we don't remember that. When did we do any of that? And he's going to say, when you did it for the least of these, you did it unto me. When you did it to the very least of these, church, you did it unto me. So it starts right wherever God has placed you, right wherever you are at. Students, it starts in your high school. For that student that's next to you, next to your locker, you're not there by accident. God's saying, that's your world. Are you going to change it? In your workplace, wherever you're at, you're not there by accident. God's saying, that's your world. Are you going to change it? It starts right here. But it doesn't end here in Mesquite. It doesn't end in Rockwall. It doesn't end in Terrell. It doesn't end in Garland. It doesn't end there. It goes to the edges of the world where we're saying, God, expand our influence. Expand our influence, Lord. We want to be a church that's changing the world. So you never know how God is gonna use the little things in your life. I was reminded of this this week. Many of you guys don't know this, but I did not plan to be a pastor. I planned to be a missionary. And I told God all, all my life as I was in college, God, just send me to Southeast Asia Give me a little hut. Give me an orphanage, God. I just want to give my life away. And I've asked him a number of times, why am I still here in America? Why am I here? God says, I'm calling you to change the world. And I said, I don't see that. And this week I got an email from one of my students that I've poured a number of years of my life to. And she said, I'm going to Southeast Asia, starting an orphanage. And God's reminding me, Aaron, it starts right here. 
You can dream about all the other ends of the world, but it starts right here. I'm going to use your life. And I truly believe that, NCC. Some of you in this room that I'm connected with, that I'm talking to, God's going to eventually call you to some other place. We're going to start a new community church in El Salvador and Southeast Asia or some other part of the world. But it starts, are you going to be faithful right here? Are you going to be faithful in your high school, in your middle school, in your elementary school, in your workplace? Are you going to be faithful to change the world here? It starts right here. This is the church that God is calling us to be. So what are we asking you to do? That you wake up every day and say, God, I'm an agent of change today. That neighbor that I go out and I wave to whenever I check my mail, I'm an agent of change today for them. That person that I bump into in the coffee room, in the break room, at the office, I'm an agent of change today. That cashier that I walk past at Walmart or the grocery store or wherever you're at, I'm an agent of change today. So how do you want to use me, God? I'm asking you to pray that and then begin to share your stories of how God is using you to impact the world around you. The last thing we're declaring is this right here. I can't stay here. Church, you need to declare that I can't stay here. This is not your time to rush out the doors, okay, when I'm saying that. It's an internal attitude of our heart. God, I can't stay here. I'm unwilling to be disengaged from you and from the church and from others anymore. God, I want to use what you've placed in my life to minister to others. Hebrews chapter 5 says this at the end of 5 and at the beginning of 6. The writer in Hebrews is looking at the church and he's saying, I have so much that I want to give you, so much that I want to teach you. There's so much that I want to say to you. But the sad truth is, is you're not ready for it yet. You're still eating the baby food of the gospel. You're still on the very baby food, not even the solid food of the word of God. And you have someone that needs to teach you. All of you should be teachers at this point. But you need someone to come in your life and teach you. You've been doing this for years now. And he said, church, it's time we grow up. Leave the elementary teachings behind and begin to move on to the mature things of Christ. And God permitting, we will do so. This is the kind of church that we're going to become. We're not going to stay here anymore. We're not going to stay stuck. We're not going to stay selfish. Church isn't just going to be about us. We're going to move on to the mature things of Christ, saying, God, we give our life away. God, we give everything that we are for all that you are, for all that you're calling us to be. That's the kind of church that we want to be. So it means, church, if you're not, you begin to serve and use the gifts and the talents God has placed in your life to minister to others. That's the kind of church we're going to become. That's the kind of church that we want to be, is that God is using what he's placed inside of us to minister to others. It means that this year you say, you know what, I'm going to be faithful here. Every Sunday I'm going to come in this place and I'm going to engage with others and I'm going to allow God to use my life to minister to others. It means we become a church that gives generously. Over these past two months I've been praying I've been praying and I'm saying, God, there is no way the vision you've given me even comes close to matching our church budget. We need a lot more. And I never want to lead a church where we say, God, we can't do what you're calling us to do because we're not being faithful in our giving. See, we can't stay here, church. God's calling us to so much more. 
God's calling us to so much more. We have to leave a legacy. We have to set this thing up for the next generation, for those that are coming after us. And we want to lead a different story. We want to leave different stories for those that are coming after us, that we're not handing off the same church that we got, but we're moving it forward and we're advancing it for what Christ is calling us to do. So I want to quickly, at the end of this message, paint a picture for you what this place is going to look like a year from now. That if you're still here next September as we're ending this, that God would show you. Just give us a small picture, God, of what you want us to be. And our ushers and some of our leaders, they're going to begin to hand out these booklets that we have for you. You can take those. You don't have to look through them right now, but um, just take one and you can pass it down. This is the kind of church that God is calling us to be right here. We are going to be a church where over 75% of us are walking through the NCC reading plan. It's going to start September 25th, and you're going to engage with Scripture, and Scripture is going to shape and change our life. This is our goal. is not just a few of us, not just the core of our church, but over 75% of us are saying, hey, I'm in. I'm engaging with Scripture. I'm allowing it to change my life on a daily basis. Over 70% of us involved in groups, you guys, meeting together on a weekly or every other week basis, saying, I'm willing to open up my life. Let's talk about God's word together. Let's talk about what's going on in your life. How can I pray for you? How can I encourage you? If you're struggling in your marriage, if you're struggling in your family, you're not going to do it alone. I am here with you, over 70% of our church. From kids, students, adults, we're all going to be walking through this. You guys, can I be honest? We need some of you to step up as leaders. As God grows our church, we don't have enough groups right now to meet this number right here. God's speaking to some of you. It's time you step up. Stop just receiving and start to give. We are going to be a church that embeds the Bible. We are going to be a church who takes ownership for our spiritual growth. My growth is my responsibility. And there's not a number we can put on this. I prayed. I talked with the staff. We, we went back and forth on Thursday when we talked about this. But we came to the conclusion, we don't want to program discipleship. We don't want to program relationships. But I can tell you this, church, at the end of this year, we want to be a church that looks different in our spiritual growth. We want a number of you, a mass majority of you to say, not only am I growing, but I feel confident enough to turn to someone next to me, someone in my workplace, someone God, that God is challenging me with, and I can help them grow in their relationship with God. We are going to take ownership for our spiritual growth. We're going to pass through the community. We're going to change the world, and it starts right here, and I'm believing this, over 365 stories of community transformation. I prayed with someone on my kid, my son or daughter's soccer team. I took coffee today to the elementary school because I wanted a teacher to know that we believe them, that we're supporting them today as they help educate kids. In my workplace, I offered to pay for lunch so that someone that's going through a divorce could have someone that would listen and pray with them and encourage them. Every day, every day this year, an agent of transformation, God uses 365 stories that we're celebrating on Sunday, that we're celebrating throughout the week of how God is using you to change those around you. And the last thing is, we're not going to stay here. We're going to grow, church. We're going to grow. 
I'm believing this. 120 people through the connection process, through connect class, 300 people saying, I'm all in on this. Hey, I'm in on membership. I'm in on what God has next for us. 25% increase in giving that God is going to use us and give us the money to accomplish the vision that he's given us. Man, there is so much more that I want to share with you. God's already been speaking to us. Could we do a literacy program for right here in Mesquite, a preschool, a Mother's Day out, something to help educate students and make sure that they start school. They just start kindergarten on the same level as their peers from more affluent families. What could God do? Could our, could our building even match the vision? Could the way that we live out everything about our church, could it match what God is calling us to go towards the vision that God is leading us towards Church, you were made for more. Now to him who is able, church, to do more. Do you hear me this morning? To him who is able to do more. Church, you were made for more. I don't know where you're at. I don't know everything that goes on in your week, but you were made for more. Andrew, you're not a dart officer by accident, man. He has you on the streets. He has you out there because there's people, the influence, the presence of Christ in your life is meant to touch and impact other people. Frank and Sandy, man, the influence, the maturity that you guys have as Christians. And God says, I'm not done with you yet. You haven't even seen the best of what I have. I've made you for so much more in what I'm calling you to and what I'm speaking over your life, the influence to lead other people. Man, God has made you for more. Michael, he's put you in that Chase Bank, and you're not there by accident. All those other employees, God's saying, I've got more for you. I want to use your life to touch, to influence, to reach other people everywhere that you are at. God's saying, church, I have more. I have more. Don't settle. Don't just kind of go in and say, man, this is all that he has. No, he's saying, church, wake up. I have made you for so much more. Church, you were made for more. I wish that I could go up to each and every one of you this morning and declare how God has made you for more but know that know that in your life that God is calling us in our personal lives in our families in our communities this is not all that there is and so church we're going to become that church that's focusing on scripture and it's shaping us that takes ownership of our spiritual growth that changes the world around us and that says you know what we can't stay here God has more for us now to him who is able church to do more abundantly than all you could ask, all you could think by the power that is at work within you. To him be the glory in Christ and in the church forever throughout all generations. I wanna pray for you. I'm gonna ask if you would bow your head and close your eyes this morning. I just wanna quickly ask if there's anyone in the room and you're here, maybe you're new, maybe you've been coming for a while, but this morning, as we've been talking about what Christ is calling us towards, you would say, Aaron, I'm not living that out. I'm not living up to the more that God has for me. Maybe you've walked away from your relationship with God. You've allowed other things in your life that have distracted you from what God's true purpose and God's true calling is in your life. But this morning, he's inviting you back, saying, let me give you a fresh start. Let me give you a brand new beginning. That's the vision of NCC, making people and places new. And if you're in this room, you're saying, that's me. I'm not where I need to be. I don't have that relationship with God. I need 
a brand new start. I need to walk away from some sin in my life and walk into God's purpose and God's plan. If that's you in a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand right where you're at and to come forward. The word of God is very clear. We've all missed it. None of us are good enough on our own. We can't fix our mistakes on our own. We can't fix the sin issue in our life on our own. We are desperately in need of a God who will rescue us and redeem us. And so God sent his son and Jesus came and he gave his life on a cross. He died for your sin and for my sin so that we could know the righteousness of God, so that we could live in a right relationship. And I just wanna ask, is there anyone in the room and you're saying, Aaron, I need to make that decision right now. If that's you, would you just stand up right where you're at and to come forward, I want to pray for you. God's speaking, don't miss this opportunity. Don't miss this moment. You need a brand new start and you're saying, God, I want that commitment. I want that relationship with you. I'll wait just one more moment. Well, if there's no one here in that situation, church, then I want to pray for all of us. And this is what I'm challenging you to do, that you would take that booklet this week and you would say, God, help me to become the more that you're calling me to be. Help me to engage with scripture. Help me, God, to own my growth with you, my spiritual walk. God, help me to realize that I'm an agent of change wherever you send me this week. God, help me to be the more that you're calling me to be, church. We want to be made for more. And so I want to pray with you. And as I pray over you this morning, just right where you're at, don't just listen to me pray, but just begin to ask God more in my life. More, God. More wherever I'm at, in my school, in my workplace, in my neighborhood, more. Let's pray together, church. God, thank you for this reminder this morning, God. Thank you that you see more in us as a church, God. You're unwilling to just leave us where we've been, God. Just with the past stories that we've had, God, you're calling us into more. And this morning, Lord, we want to step into that. And so, God, we declare that this morning, Lord, that we want everything that you have for us, God. Don't let us settle in. Don't let us become routine in the mundane of life. But God, call us to the more that you have for us, Lord. Help us to live in the power of your church, God, abundantly more than we could ever ask or think by the power that is at work and in us. God, we pray for that, Lord. So I'm asking changes, God. Let us be a different church a year from now as we walk in your power, God. Lord, as we live out what it means to be made for more. And we pray this in your name. Amen.